Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat podcast. Today, I'm joined by Joel Vassallo, who is manager of cloud DevOps at Redbox. We know Redbox is the movies, the kiosk, the online service. Great. Our topic today is going from zero to thousands of deploys a month. Boy, if you're not doing a thousand a month already, that sounds like a great place to be. This is actually a preview of a talk Joel is doing at the Spinnaker Summit on transforming software delivery using Spinnaker. Uh, it's 12.30 p.m. Sunday, November 17 in San Diego. Joel, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Mitch. That's glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do at uh, Redbox, and also uh, hopefully people know Redbox, but just a bit about Redbox. Yeah, no. Um, my name is Joel Vasala. I'm the manager of cloud DevOps at Redbox, uh, involved with software delivery to the cloud. Um, in my spare time, I'm a GDG organizer, so Google Developers Group here in Chicago. But um, about Redbox, I mean, uh, you said a lot of people know what Redbox is. Uh, we're the kiosk that's usually found in your grocery store. Um, so uh, we do DVDs and Blu-rays. But we also, a uh, little known fact is we do have an on-demand platform, so video on-demand. Um, and that's kind of our new thing that we're doing right now. Um, and actually a lot of motivation around uh, building fast deployments. And that's kind of going to be my drive for the talk. Awesome. Now, just a question for you for cloud DevOps. Does cloud actually include... Uh, software that's being delivered or information being delivered out to those kiosks too, or is this really for the on-demand platform in the cloud? That you yeah, there's some aspects of it as well. Um, I mean, uh, there's a lot of APIs in use across the company. So uh, there are some that do kind of traverse the cloud uh, in that regard, but yeah. The only thing better than APIs are common APIs, right? <laughs> Shared. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Reuse. Well, yeah, great. especially if you have a solid delivery platform, of course. Yeah. Boy, I, absolutely, delivery platforms. Okay, so let's jump into it. Um, we're giving a preview of your talk, so I'm, there'll be a lot more content, of course, in your actual talk. Uh, tell us a little bit about, if you've already achieved this thousands of deploys, you've been at this for a while. Tell us a little bit about how you got started on this journey. Yeah, you know, um, I... To preface of it, I mean, I've been in the Spinnaker community since like late 2015, uh, when it was still kind of a early release out of uh, open in the open source community. Um, and at a previous role, uh, we at GoGo, I, I used to work at GoGo, and we implemented Spinnaker basically from day one. Um, and uh, prior to that, we were using some other open source Netflix open source tooling as well. Um, but in that journey, um, we were going from a traditional monolithic, uh, you know, to a microservices architecture. Um, and the goal was to essentially build a way to deploy to the cloud as fast as possible, right? Um, and just mm -hmm. taking and building on those practices, um, you know, applying all the things of the same, the 12-factor concepts, immutable infrastructure, uh, routing, all that stuff. Uh, it, it kind of transformed into uh, some open source tooling that we've written um, as, uh, in, my, in my history, uh, and as also... Um, some practices uh, when using Spinnaker to make such a big change in an organization, right? I mean, uh, the whole topic of DevOps in an organization, uh, there's, there's so many great talks out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's definitely one of the, um, I, I guess, arguably the hardest bit is, well, what does the DevOps mean for you, right? That's the typical phrase you, you hear when, when people say, well, we're DevOps. You know, what does that mean, right? Well, now you're you're talking obviously at the Spinnaker Summit, and mm -hmm. you sounds like you're pretty committed to the product. This isn't a podcast about that specifically, but you know you sound pretty dedicated to it. Why Spinnaker? You know, it's um, it's 
the, the core fact is it kind of extends a little bit past just deployments. Um, it, it has, it's, so, it's really the, the biggest thing is it's so extensible. Um, right out of the box, uh, you, just coming out swinging, the fact that Netflix, Google, Microsoft, a lot of big names, Amazon as well, uh, how can I forget, um, are contributing and helping build this product up. Um, you have some pretty big names out there, right? Um, and why not lean on the shoulders of giants? Uh, they've seen, uh, I would argue, some probably one of the bigger challenges um, uh, in terms of software delivery, especially at, at in-demand space such as, uh, you know, mm. for example, Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and building on that success, you know, you basically get those batteries included, right? You get some battle-tested uh, software. And I think that's one of the biggest things. But in addition to that, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's extensible. It covers uh, Amazon very well. It covers Kubernetes. It has support for various deployment types um, and various customizations as well, um, some of which are customizations you need to build, and some customizations are actually built into the platform. So, and the best part, it's open source. So that's my favorite thing. One of the keywords I didn't mention that I know your talk's going to be about is automated deploys, right? You're not doing hundreds of thousands and, and with a lot of manual process. Talk a little bit about that, the key of automation. And, and you, you kind of assume a development team is going to be all about, yeah, let's automate this and make our lives easier. But maybe it's not that easy to, to get from point A to B where you do have that automated. Talk about yeah. that part of the journey. No, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, it's an unfortunate thing in the landscape right now where a lot of companies are rushing into the DevOps landscape, right? And they just say um, Jenkins, right? You know, uh, 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 Travis CI, GitLab, whatever. And, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially flooding tools in the market, right? And it's, it's very tough. But having a lot of tools doesn't mean you're DevOps, right? There's some fundamental business changes that have to occur in order to achieve that, um, that delivery that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So with that, it's kind of taking, um, how do I call it, the little uh, infinity loop of DevOps, right, where that's great, you know, the plan, code, build, release, you know, that, that little cycle. It's mm-hmm. great, but you can't use that as a guiding principle. There's not enough detail, um, right? Um, and then you can have the extreme on the other side where it's like the uh, candy land, I like to call, where it's like the candy land of ITIL process, where you're just essentially passing go and then passing down the ladder if conditions that's, that's too complex and that's hard to explain. So there has to be something kind of in between. Um, and that's kind of what I'm going to be focusing on in my talk. Um, and really asking the questions of how do you lay out an effective delivery process? What are, some step, what are the steps at your organization to get changes out the door? Because it's, it's a different answer for every company, right? There's no one truth out there, unfortunate mm-hmm. as it sounds. Well, and everybody's environment is unique. Maybe some of the problems are same, but there's also, you know, what is unique about your organization, whether it's the business technology or just people, the team you're working with has strengths in certain areas. Yeah, of course. And that's, and that's something that I kind of build out in the talk is about um, building like minimum viable products. Right. Um, and, and, the, and the argument is minimum, minimum viable uh, pipelines. They, really mm. laying out end to end what needs to be done um, to get software delivery to occur. And, and, and the best way to start is really to look at what, what's kind of currently happening, right? Um, lay out, you know, change has to come in, goes through phase two, phase three, phase four, and then ultimately phase five profit, right? Well, mm. what are those phases and, and, how much, and how much investment should be done in each, spot, in each spot, right? You can spend your time automating 
I don't know, um, some aspects of your pipeline, but what's the return on investment, right? It, 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 would it have been better served than, for example, automating quality versus automating security scans, right? What's going to be the most immediate value in shaving time and getting you back from, you know, these long drawn out pipelines to potentially, you know, fast and efficient ones, right? It's interesting. What, what was sort of the starting problem that took you down this path? Was the business asking you, hey, we need stuff faster, faster, faster? Yeah. Was it just your own, we don't have resources, so let's figure out how to automate it? I mean, what, what kind of got you going on this? Yeah, um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I joined Redbox back in 2018 um, with the mission of building a software delivery pipeline to get uh, software, me and my team, to get software into the cloud. Um, and with that, there's also the transformation aspect of, well, um, what is the cloud? How do we integrate with the cloud? Um, and a lot of questions kind of came up. Fortunately, we, we took a big investment in doing a cloud native approach, uh, you know, from day one, uh, mm -hmm. which means no lift and shift, um, which is awesome. Um, it's, it's arguably the hardest path, uh, as, as we probably all know, but this means essentially from the ground up building a software delivery platform, right? Um, that's integrated from the, all the way down to the development layer and uh, all the way up to the, the automation layer. Um, so it's been very fortunate to work on such something like that. That's kind of where we started. And that was the motivation of building like a truly cloud native uh, pipeline. So yeah, working on that stuff. Now you mentioned you've developed some tools too. And with Spinnaker being open source, have you contributed a lot back to the community yourself or are you more consumer of it? You know, everybody <laughs> plays a different role and not everybody's, you know, every I'll, open source I'll project. selfishly say that I'm more of a consumer of it. Um, I'd okay. love to contribute more to it. I've done a few contributions in the, in my past, but as of, in recent times I haven't. Um, with that being said though, my team is empowered to make change and uh, drive uh, changes. So we do have uh, one or two changes in flight. Um, and one of them actually got merged uh, this past week. So we're, we're looking to help grow and not just make, you know, be consumers. We're helping to also build and solve the same problems we're seeing maybe for other people as well. Good. That's great. If you get a chance to do that, keep in mind, you know, exercising it, especially at the volume you're talking about, that is super valuable too. You know, that's what helps improve software, whether it's open source or, or uh, you know, paid for. So well, that, yeah, and I, and and I then, mean, it, it's kind of like what you're saying. If you're not paying for the software, you, maybe you can pay for it within support in the sense mm -hmm. that uh, Spinnaker's community is an open community. There's a Slack channel out there, um, and you can join. Anyone's more than welcome to join, ask questions, and get answers from you know, potentially some high-up people at Netflix, even people in the community in general, right? We're all on the same journey, and that, I think that's arguably what kind of kept me involved in the Spinnaker community is just seeing such an open and collaborative group of individuals just willing to help each other. Um, special interest groups every day, every week or so meeting and just saying, hey, what's the direction of the project? What else can we do? What are some challenges we're seeing? Um, it's actually been pretty fun. What are some of the objections you typically see or maybe that you even ran into about automating and doing uh, deploys at that volume? Yeah. Um, so, it, it, the, 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 it's not like we're doing a thousand more changes a month, right? It's, 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 it's arguably running fast um, can initially be seen as a, a reckless approach, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you said, hey, we, we're averaging 10 deployments a month, maybe that's a standard organization to a thousand, uh, you're going to definitely open up some eyeballs, right? And we're like, wait, wait, wait. What, what about what stability? About? What about uptime? What about Exactly, you? exactly. But the argument is, it could be said that, um, 
smaller changes typically result in less downtime, right? Um, if you can break down a purchase path change in some company, right, um, and make it say, hey, we're going to make a, a UI change, and then we're going to do a, uh, a back-end change that's backwards compatible, and we're going to do then an API tier change to support that change so, such that everything hooks together, you then broke up one large change of three major components into three separate small individual pieces that can be rolled out um, safely, right? And tested and vetted as well. That's, that's the mm -hmm. most important part because you're only as good as your uh, automation and testing as well. Now, did you do a much shift left in terms of doing more security testing or uh, vulnerability testing earlier in the dev cycle too as part of this? Well, so that's the beauty of it. I mean, essentially the pipeline doesn't, at least for us, doesn't start at commit or at uh, Jenkins or the build time. It starts all the way at the commit. So we have a lot of tooling, at least at, at Redbox, that's, uh, that's built to empower developers. Um, the thing to also note about those thousand deployments, those deployments aren't, uh, you know, some ops team clicking an OK button. Um, they are developers promoting their own code and they are empowered to write and deploy code to production uh, when they feel it's appropriate to release, right? But in doing that, we don't just give them the keys to the city, right? We build a nice, safe, and uh, reliable um, pipeline, essentially a paved road, if you will. Um, that's uh, the kind of term I've, I've been hearing you described where, mm. you know, you can ride the paved road, you can ride and have fun. Um, you can get off road, it'll be bumpy, but majority of the times, the paved road will get you to production as fast as possible. Right. Yeah, that come, paved road concept comes from the Netflix uh, paved road talk that mm -hmm. they gave. I think it was Oscon or something. Yeah, it's it, there are definitely a lot of um, great things uh, from the engineers there. Um, a lot of inspirational things kind of came out of it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, again, it's it's building on the the shoulders of these giants, right? They they they've seen arguably you know large percents of internet traffic, right? Um, and at that level of success, you know, that it's, you know, some of those concepts definitely can be applied elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that's maybe a little bit misleading in saying automated deploys is it isn't just the deployment process that's automated, is it? Now talk about what all the parts that are automated to be able to deploy at that volume. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's essentially part of the part of the talk is also gonna a uh, little secret of it is it's not just like you could roll in Spinnaker and have an automated deploy and you'll be good, right? There's a lot of aspects of a pipeline, and as I was alluding to uh, from a commit layer, right? Um, whether you do your your static analysis for security early on, whether you do your unit tests at build time. Um, whether you have an automated way of storing and artif uh, archiving artifacts, right? Um, you need to know what is making it out to the, your environment stage prod. Um, in addition to that, uh, you need to build that infrastructure automatically, right? So we have things, uh, you know, you can use things like Terraform CloudFormation as well, right? Mm -hmm. But um, your, your load balancers, your security groups, uh, again, we're talking within the context of AWS, um, how do you reliably and repeatedly build your infrastructure in such a way that um, it could support that, that, that rapid deployment, right? You can't just have an automated pipeline where it's like, okay, hold the lights, uh, let's go call up somebody and say, hey, we need a load balancer. Can we uh, get that done? Uh, sure, it'll give me, give, me, give me five minutes. Even five minutes is too slow, right? We need to have an automated way of creating and also getting fast feedback to our developers when um, these changes work and when they don't work, right? So they can help triage and figure out what's going on. 
It's almost like uh, I've said before, Dev- DevOps is an overnight success, 35 years in the making. <laughs> you kind of get there <laughs> one step at, at a time. Um, but it is. And I think that'll be something interesting to anticipate about your talk is really thinking about it holistically and what that entire process, not that you're going to go into every bit of detail in that amount of time, but it is about all of that and in, in connecting the tool chain, the workflow, and and the, the process, people process part of it into something that can be automated and happen at high scale. Yeah, that's definitely something to be said there. Um, I mean, a lot of, uh, it's, 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 it's a generally a soft topic, but it's arguably one of the more important ones is there has to be a cultural transformation and understanding um, if you truly want to be as successful as some of these giants, right? Um, building the concepts of open culture, right? Uh, working together, cross-functional teams. You, there's no magical fix out there in the world to fix a broken process and a broken culture, right? And that's the toughest mm-hmm. um, thing. And then that's something definitely we, we touch on as well. Um, and, and I alluded to earlier with the concepts of, for us, that's empowering our developers. So building compelling tools for our developers to use um, every day um, they, they come to work. Well, you mentioned key, keys to the kingdom for the developers. I can't imagine you did all of this without some form of senior leadership backing. How did you get that and where did you get it from to go down this path? Yeah, um, so it, it definitely started uh, very uh, grassroots, right? We, seeing the challenge to get to the cloud, right? That's, that's an easy challenge. And I think a lot of, I'm sorry, uh, that's an easy statement to say, but what does that mean? And for every organization it's different, right? Um, for some, lift and shift is the most appropriate solution um, if you're not willing to invest in the cultural changes, right? Um, but for me, at least in my experience, it's always been finding uh, the hero um, or uh, in the regards of um, not necessarily like a uh, hero mentality, but finding that one champion who can help drive that, um, you know, that, that team who is under a tight deadline. You're like, hey, you know, you're a relatively new project. Um, you've never really seen, um, you never really gotten deployed. How about we just take an experiment and see if we can automate your app end to end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is it's a pretty low risk. Uh, it's a new feature. Um, the timeline obviously is, is, is always a concern, right? In terms of meeting business deliverables. But in doing that, uh, working with those individuals, you not only get fast feedback as to the, the proposal of you know, the, the, the pipeline, um, you can also build uh, a relationship uh, that, that essentially is like DevOps and devs working together to kind of create this uh, delivery solution, if you will. Hmm. Well, I feel like it would just scratch the surface, which is probably a good thing because it's a preview of your talk. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Joel. No, no worries. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Um, again, uh, I hope to see everyone at the Spinnaker Summit. It's going to be a great time. So hope it to is. see everyone there. We'll definitely like to thank uh, Joel Vassallo, uh, Manager of Cloud DevOps at Redbox, for joining us today. Again, Joel's talk at Spinnaker Summit, which is at uh, 12.30 p.m. Sunday, November 17th in San Francisco. It's titled Transforming Software Delivery Using Spinnaker. So be sure and check that out uh, if you're making it. Now you have a reason to go to San Diego in the, in the fall coming, coming on the winter. Other than the Greek tacos, yeah. And <laughs> everyone join us on the Spinnaker Slack. We're happy to help out and uh, answer any questions as well. We're more than a welcoming community. So happy. That's a great point. There. 
It's a very vibrant community. So we'll wish you all the best in your talk. And everyone, you've listened to another DevOps Chat Podcast. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com. And you've listened to another DevOps Chat. Be careful. Out there.